Well, I'd like to give you all a very warm welcome to our morning service here. Whether you're here with us in the building joining to worship or online, it's so good to be able to worship our God together as one people, isn't it? Um, I've got a couple of notices um, I'd like to give out um, before we start. Um, Luke's asked me to ask if there's anybody that's available um, next uh, before camp starts on Friday the 5th of August to put up tents. He would be really appreciative of that. Um, also, if there's anybody that's willing to take the, uh, the tents down as well, so Friday the 5th of August, please contact Luke and, and um, give him um, a hand in putting them tents up and taking them tents down. And also the camp leaders would also be very grateful to anyone who is able to provide salads and puddings for Sunday lunch on the 7th of August. And again, could you either contact Luke or Leah um, to let them know if you are willing. So um, please uh, get in contact with Luke and Leah if you can help in any way. Just one other notice as well is that um, for the foreseeable future until September, um, there's not going to be um, a live stream on a Thursday service, so, so just to remind you of that, that there's going to be no live stream on our Thursday services until mid-September. I've just got a, a short reading before we sing our first song this morning, and it is taken from Isaiah, and it says here, it's just a short verse, but what a great verse it is. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. And I think this leads quite well into um, our first song this morning. And if we could have verse uh, three up on the, the board, that would be really helpful. Got verse three, is it? And it says, um, And on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time has come. Still my soul sings your praise unending, 10,000 years and then forevermore. And please stand when the music starts.
We had three readings uh, this morning. It's on a lesser, um, older name in the Testament. It's a character called Barzillai. And um, it's at the time of David. Uh, David's son, Absalom, has committed treason and taken his father's throne. And David has had to flee. Um, the first reading is going to be on his way out from Jerusalem. And the second is going to be on his way back. And the third reading is going to be the advice that David gives his um, successor Solomon sometime later on. So we've got three readings this morning. And the first reading is uh, 2 Samuel 17, verses 27 to 29. If you're following in your Bible, you can find that on page 269. So 2 Samuel 17, 27, 29. And this is uh, King David on his way out. When David came to Mahanaim, Shobai the son of Nahash from Rabar of the Ammonites, and Marchir the son of Amil from Lodabar, and Barzillai the Gileadite from Roglim, brought beds, basins, and earthen vessels, wheat, barley, flour, parched grain, beans, and lentils, honey and curds, and sheep and cheese from the herd. For David and the people with him to eat, for they said, The people are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. And our second reading is um, just a few pages further on. It can be found in 2 Samuel 19, and it's verses 31 to 40. This can be found on page 271. And this is on his way back. So 2 Samuel 19, verses 31 to 40. Now Barzillai, the Gileadite, had come down from Roglim, and he went on with the king to the Jordan, to escort him over the Jordan. Barzillai was a very aged man, 80 years old. He had provided the king with food while he stayed at Mahanaim, for he was very, a very wealthy man. And the king said to Barzillai, Come over with me, and I will pro- provide for you with me in Jerusalem. But Barzillai said to the king, How many years have I still to live that I should go up with the king to Jerusalem? I am this day 80 years old. Can I discern what is pleasant and what is not? Can your servant taste what he eats and what he drinks? Can I still listen to the voice of singing men and singing women? Why then should your servant be an added burden to my lord the king? Your servant will go a little way over the Jordan with the king. Why should the king repay me with such a reward? Please let your servant return that I may die in my own city near the grave of my father and my mother. But here is your servant, Chimham. Let him go over with the lord, the king, and do for him whatever seems good to you. And the king answered, Chimham shall go over with me, and I will do for him whatever seems good to you, and all that you desire of me I will do for you. Then all the people went over the Jordan, and the king went over, and the king kissed Barzillai and blessed him, and he returned to his, his own home. The king went on to Gilgal, and Chimham went on with him. All the people of Judah, and also half the people of Israel, brought the king on his way. And our final reading, um, reading three, can be found a bit further on in the next book, uh, the book of Kings. And it's 1 Kings chapter 2, verses uh, 6 to 7. This can be found on page 281. So 1 Kings 2, verses 6 to 7. And uh, this is the advice that David has for his successor, um, Solomon. Act therefore according to your wisdom, but do not let his grey head go down on Sheol in peace. But deal loyally with his sons of Barzillai, the Gileadite, 
and let them be among those who eat at your table. For with such loyalty they met with me when I fled from Absalom, your brother. Amen. We're going to sing um, our, our next song now, our second song. And then um, after that, we're going to have a children's talk. So the children, please come to the to the sit at the front, and uh, John Hitch is going to give our children's talk. And um, our second song is, Lord, for the years your love has kept and guided, urged and inspired us, cheered us on our way, sought us and saved us, pardoned and provided. Lord of the years, we bring our thanks today. And please stand again when the music starts.
Good. It's good to see you all this morning. Uh, great to have you here. Okay, so now then, some of you might have one of those or one of those, a cat or a dog. But, but let's, let's think, if you were choosing um, and you had the choice between a cat or a dog, what, what do you think you would choose? So put up your hand for a dog. Yeah, so you'd choose a dog. Okay. What about a cat? Less of you for a cat. Do you see what everyone else thinks? So if you had to choose a pet, everybody, could you put your hand up if you choose a dog? Oh, look, lots of hands going up. Okay. What about if you had to choose a cat? Right, okay. So it's, it's definitely dogs. There might be lots of reasons for that. Which out of a cat or a dog do you think is most likely to obey a command? Yeah? A dog, yeah. dog will obey a command more often than a cat, won't they? Okay. So here we go. Here's, here's a, a dog receiving some commands. And it's great to see, a, especially a sheepdog, isn't it? Rounding up the sheep, working with the farmer, and it obeys every command and comes back to its own. He knows who the master is, and he knows who's in charge, and he's always waiting for the next command. He just loves to go and do, a well-trained dog loves to go and do uh, what its owner asks of it. Well, what about cats? What are they like? like you might recognise these two. Okay, the one on the right hasn't got much between her ears. There's not much going on in her head, so we have to allow, make some allowances for her. But the other one knows when he's being called, and he'll just be lazing around, sitting there. And he might look at you, and you keep calling him. And then he'll just do this, turn my head away. I'm not listening to what you're saying. You can call all day, but I'm not coming. Unless you've got food, I'm not interested. Or he'll do the other thing, where he'll start walking towards you, and then he'll change course. Say, look, I can go whichever way I like. I don't need to obey what you say. In fact, I'm in charge. Just get that with cats. If you, if you could hear them talk, that's the kind of thing that they'd be saying. Now, here's the question. When it comes to obeying your mum and dad, are you most like a dog? Or are you most like a cat? When it comes to doing what your mum and dad tell you, are you like a dog, ready to obey and keen to do what they ask you to do? Or are you more like a cat that says, you can call all day, I'm not taking any notice. You have no right to tell me what to do. I wonder what you're most like. What does the Bible say, though? Because that's the important thing. Who would like to read these two verses? Do you want to read the first one? Okay, that's one of the ten commandments, isn't it? In Exodus, who wants to read the second? Yeah, go on the page. Okay, so the Bible says that you as children should honour your parents and obey your parents. Now, do you know what? One of the greatest gifts that God has given you in your little young lives... Look this way, peeps. That's it. I know you're listening. One of the greatest gifts that God has given you in your life is your mum and dad, your parents. It's the greatest blessing, one of the greatest blessings that you have in your life. They sacrifice so much for you. So much of their life revolves around you, in teaching you, in training you, in providing for you, in loving you, in showing kindness to you, in keeping you safe. It's a full-time job. And sometimes they don't get much thanks. And God says, I've put these 
people in charge over you. I've blessed you with loving parents who do all this for you, and I'm asking you children to obey your parents. That's God's command for you as children. But not just like the dog who, who will just go and do what, what it's being told, but to have, because they're just pets, aren't they? They're animals. You're human beings. So you're more special than cats and dogs. But we have to honour our parents as well. So we don't just grudgingly say, oh, I'll do it if I have to. Or I'll do it in five minutes. Well, that's disobedience, isn't it? That's delayed obedience, really, is disobedience. Uh, the Bible says that we should honour them. We should have such a respect for our mum and dad and a love for them and a gratitude because of all the things they've done for us that we, we're just only too pleased to do what they say. Now, sometimes, perhaps, perhaps you're feeling a bit irritable with, with, with hearing this from the Bible. You think, no, I, I want to do what I want to do. My mum and dad are unreasonable. Why should I obey them? And that's called our sinful nature. And all of you have got one of those inside of you. And all of us here know what one of those is like. Uh, but God says that we should honour our parents, we should love them, respect them, and then we should happily and willingly go and do what they tell us to do. So that's something to work on. That's something to think about. And with the summer holidays ahead of us, you'll be spending a lot more time with your parents, your mum and dad. And uh, do you know what? It's, it's uh, possible to make our family life really miserable. And it's often down to us being disobedient or disrespecting our parents, isn't it? Can you think of some times when that happens in your family? Perhaps you think, yeah, my brother's just like that or my sister's just like that. Actually, quite often... We need to look at ourselves. And um, if we obey and respect our parents, we're doing what God asks us to do, and we're making family life happy and good for each other. Okay? So remember what the Bible says. Honour your father and your mother. Obey your parents in everything. Because this pleases the Lord. Good. Well done. Go sit down. Thank you. Thank you, John. Just before I pray, I just want to bring to your attention, um, we have the, uh, the YP holiday prayer letter out in the foyer there. I, uh, I suggest that you all pick one up. Um, we can see on here, one thing is that we can see all the, the campers that are there and we can see um, what all the talks are and the leaders. And I think it's a really encouragement, isn't it, that the YP leaders that take them away and do so much, so much for them and give the talks and take them on the great activities that they do, they look after them. It's brilliant what they do, but we can be just as helpful, can't we? We can pray for each and every single one of them back here, and I'm sure that they'd find that such a, such a blessing and such a help for them if they knew that there's people back here praying for not just the leaders, the activities and the talks, but we can pray for, for each um, YP, uh, camp, uh, uh, YP holiday uh, child individually. So out in the foyer, please um, pick one up and and pray for the different aspects over this uh, newsletter. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much again that we can come here and we can worship you. Lord, we were just hearing um, in that children's talk then about children obeying their parents in the Lord, and that is such a good and wise thing for the children to be able to do. But each one of us as individuals, we need to obey you ourselves, don't we? We first need to put our trust in you. We need to do everything that you ask us to do. We know that if we trust in the Lord with all our hearts and lean not on our own understanding, you will guide our ways, and we thank you for that. Lord, I just thank you so much that you are such a mighty, wise, powerful, loving and such an awesome God. 
Lord, we were singing in that first song, 10,000 Reasons for My Soul to Sing. There are so many things that our soul should be singing about you and what you have done for us. We thank you so much that you created us to be like you in your image. You've created us to worship you. Lord, you created us in such a perfect way, yet we failed you. We failed you so much. And through that sin and through that betrayal of you, Lord, you had to send your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, into this world. And we thank you for him. We thank you that even though we have done so many things wrong, although we fail you so often, the Lord Jesus Christ did not fail. He was perfect. He did everything that you asked of him. And he went to the cross and went to his death so that people like us sitting in this room, people like us listening online, people like us all around the world that are so full of sin can have our sins forgiven and can have an eternity with you if we put our trust in you. Lord, we thank you so much that you do know us. You do know our each and individual circumstances in life. And Lord, that you help us through them. Lord, we were, we were singing this morning about how we could uh, run to Jesus with the children. And we thank you so much that we have a saviour, that no matter what we are going through, whether that's good or whether that's bad, we can always run to you because he is strong and kind. And I just pray that each one of us here, when we go through difficult times or troubles, that we will first and foremost run to our saviour. Lord, we thank you so much that we're able to meet here this morning in this building, that we're able to come and worship you. What a privilege it is. We know that there are many, many, many people all around this world that are not able to meet in person in buildings. They have to meet in secrecy. And Lord, we pray for them at this time that you will be a real blessing to them. Lord, I just find it so amazing sometimes when you read the stories of these people that are persecuted so much, that are not allowed to meet together, that are not allowed to own Bibles, but they show such great faith, such great strength, and such great courage in terms, in times of turmoil. And we pray for them at this time. And it's one thing that we can do here. We might not be going through it ourselves, but we can pray for Christian brothers and sisters going through such terrible times all around this world. Lord, we thank you so much that you do listen and you do answer our prayers. We thank you so much that we can take our cares and our burdens and we can pass them on to you. We thank you so much that you are such a loving and passionate saviour. Lord God, we come before you this morning. There are many things that we want to, to pray about and give thanks for. And I want to give thanks for, for the Sunday school this morning. Lord, it was wonderful again to see the children as they came through the doors, as they sang and as they listened. And Lord, we have a break now for, for six weeks and I just pray that you will continue to be with those children. Keep working in their hearts. Lord, there have been many, many times where they have heard your gospel message spoken and talked to them. There have been many seeds planted and we just really, really do pray that that seed will grow and bear much fruit. We want to see these children's lives change. We want to see them come to know Jesus for themselves. And that also stands for the rooted as well and for the YPs, Lord. Lord, as they have a break too, we pray that, that they will not forget about who you are and what you have done. We pray that they will even now be thinking about the things that they have learnt this year. And Lord, that we long to see them change as well. We long to see you work in their hearts and bring them to you. Lord, we think of the YPs at this time and although they're away from us, we can pray for them. And we just really do pray that, that as they're away from us for this week, that they will have such an amazing time. We pray that, that the events and the activities that they have planned will go well. We pray that they will be kept um, safe. But most importantly, as, as they hear your word preached today at the church they go to, and as they hear those messages of an evening, 
I just pray that you will really, really be working in their hearts. We know there are many, many people that are on those accounts that we love so dearly. But one thing that we know more than anything is that Jesus loves them more than we can even love our children. And we thank you for that. And we pray that this will be a realisation, even this coming week, that they will grow to know and learn that Jesus loves them more than anything else. And we pray that that lives and hearts will be changed on that, that camp. And we pray for for the up-and-coming Crowborough camp as well, Lord. There are many children that are going to be coming onto our our grounds here, that are going to be coming to to camp out in these um, fields out the back. And again, we pray for them, that as they they come here to this church, Lord, they're going to have so many um, good times and good fun and good activities. But most important, we pray for, for the talk series that they are going to have. Lord, we just really do pray as they go through Romans, Lord, that it will be a real blessing, that the the things that they will hear will be heard for the first time in a new light. Lord, that for the first time, maybe, that they will really be sitting and listening and understanding all the things that are taught to them. And again, we pray that lives will be changed, even in a young age. And we thank you so much that you do change lives, whether we're old, whether we're young. You can work in anybody's life. We pray for all the leaders as well, not just for the YP holiday, but for camp as well, Lord. And we just pray that you will be with them at this time. Pray for those that are away from us. Pray that you will give them safety, but we pray that you'll give them wisdom and lots and lots of energy. And we thank you so much that they do have such a heart to serve you in the way in which they do. And we pray for the camp leaders as well as they're preparing for for that event coming up in the next couple of weeks, Lord. We pray that you'll be with them and be a real blessing to them as they put together the final preparations for that camp. Lord God, we come to you this morning also and we, we pray for Mrs. Rao. Lord, we know that she is back here now, back closer to family uh, at Five Ash Down. And we just really do pray that as she's settling into that new care home, Lord, that you will be with her. Lord, she has been such an encouragement over so many years to so many people. She's been such a, a great witness um, to show through the way that she conducts and lives her life, to show how she lives for you. And we just thank you for that. And we just pray that as she settles into an environment that she won't be used to, Lord, that you will be with her, that you will comfort her, that you will strengthen her. And I know that she clings to you, and she always has done, and I just pray that you will be with her at this time. And be with the family as well, because it's such um, a different situation for them to go through. It can be so um, upsetting sometimes and so unsettling. And I just pray that you will give them peace of mind and peace of heart at this time. Lord, we pray for events that are coming up, and we, we think about um, Charlie and Beck's wedding in a few, few weeks' time, and we just pray for the final preparations that are being put together for that, and we just pray that it will be such a, a blessed time for them, that it will be such a time of joy and excitement, and a time where they come together and they can show their love for one another as they get married with one another on that day. And I just pray, Lord God, that as they, they um, get married and they give their vows, Lord, that they will grow in their love together. But most importantly, that they will grow with their love for you also. So, Lord God, be with us now as we, we turn to your word again. We thank you so much for your word, how precious it is and how mighty and how powerful and how it works in all circumstances, Lord. I especially pray for John now as he, as he brings um, your word to us. Be with him. May he be a blessing to us. And may your word be spoken mighty and powerfully this morning. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Before John comes up to um, preach to us and open up um, those passages that we read earlier, we're going to sing our third uh, song. Fight the good fight with all thy might. 
Christ is thy strength and Christ thy might. Lay hold on life and it shall be thy joy and crown eternally. Our third song. And please stand again when the music starts. Often, uh, when the YPs are away on holiday, um, I use it as an opportunity to focus on something um, more senior, if you like. Um, A Sunday morning to encourage those amongst us who are a bit older or who are uh, mindful that they are getting older. Uh, Maybe I say the over 50s, and I can include myself in that by a few years. And uh, so I'm hoping it will be a special help to those uh, here watching in that category. But I very much don't want others to switch off this morning because the lessons that we're going to look at this morning do drop down into uh, younger generations, but also you all mix with and are concerned about and and talk to those who are older. And so I think this will help you in your understanding, in your attitude, in your conversations with older family members, with older church members, with neighbours, etc. And of course you will get older soon, so if you can sort of bank some of these lessons, that will be, uh, that will be a, a good thing. 
Now, I was originally going to uh, look at a number of older people in the Bible who were good examples. I was going to call it golden oldies, and we were going to go through a few. But I ended up getting stuck on one, because there was so much there. So we're just going to focus, if you like, on one golden oldie this morning. And uh, that's the character Basili. Basili. Lesser known character. And as we look at him, we'll get some insights, I think, into the older years. Uh, but also, we'll see that he is a, a great example, a great, if you like, Christian example. You could call somebody in the Old Testament that. A great Christian example of an older person. Now, the background that uh, John gave us will help in the setting. Um, David, King David, has been displaced as king. Um, he's heading out of Jerusalem. He's escaping Absalom, his son, who's committed treachery. And uh, in these chapters here, we have several encounters with significant people on the way out of Jerusalem. Hushai, Ziba, Shimei, different characters you'll see in these chapters if you read around. And amongst them are this little band, which include Basili, who shows such practical kindness to David. So he's on the way out. And then we have the return journey on the way back, when he encounters many of the same people, and you get an enlarged conversation with them on the way back. And we get a bigger slice of Barzillai in this bit into Samuel chapter 19. That'll be our main passage. And David never forgets Barzillai and these conversations. And at the end of his life, um, he refers back to Barzillai and he passes on to Solomon, his son, his successor, the things he needs to know and remember about this character. Now, there's two main things we're going to explore this morning. Um, The first is insights into the older years. Insights into the older years. In a way, my main part is my second part this morning, because I think that's the Bible's main lesson from this passage. I think this is the main purpose of being in the Word of God, is more what we've come on to. But you do also, in these verses, get deliberately some exceptional insights into the older years. You get a fuller understanding of an older person's perspective. Some of you might say, here's somebody who understands me, as I read about Bozillai. And we get a lot about this in the second encounter when he's on his way back. So we're in 2 Samuel 19. Here we're told uh, Barzillai's age in verse 32. So this would be, if you've got a Bible open on, on an apple, this would be the main passage to have open. It's 2 Samuel chapter 19. And we get told in verse 32, Barzillai was a very aged man, 80 years old. So we have some here, some connected with us who are in their 80s. We have some here and connected with us who are in their 90s who are here or who watch or who listen, some of them listen on phone. That's the way it works for them. And uh, I'm very thankful. I know many of us are very thankful for the age spectrum we're blessed with here at Forest Fold so that we have a, a children's talk with youngsters and then we have all ages through and so many young people away on the young people's holiday. Well, here is this man at the beginning of his 80s. 
And the king wants Barzillai to come with him back to Jerusalem. And Barzillai's response gives us rich understanding, I think, in an older person's perspective. I'll read it all through, verse 34. But Barzillai said to the king, How many years have I still to live that I should go up with the king to Jerusalem? I am this day 80 years old. Can I discern what is pleasant and what is not? Can your servant taste what he eats or what he drinks? Can I still listen to the voice of singing men and singing women? Why then should your servant be an added burden to my lord the king? Your servant will go a little way over the Jordan with the king. Why should the king repay me with such a reward? Please let your servant return that I may die in my own city near the grave of my father and my mother. But here is your servant, Chimam. Let him go over with the Lord, the king, and do for him whatever seems good to you. Here's a few points, insights from Barzillai. Awareness that time is short. Awareness that time is short. Verse 34. How many years have I still to live that I should go up with the king to Jerusalem? A life is fragile and uncertain for all of us, isn't it? We don't know what a day will bring forth. But we especially feel that, or people especially feel that, uh, when they are older. That they know they are on the final straight. They know that they have more years behind them than are in front of them. They've had many friends, close people, pass away. They feel vulnerable to disease and to uh, falls. And there is an awareness that time is short. Wonderfully, as a believer, we can face that with a certain hope in Christ, which makes a massive difference. But there is an awareness that time is short. From Barzillai, we also see that senses were not what they were. Senses were not what they were. I partly bumped into Barzillai uh, ahead of tonight. We're going through the five senses and biblical perspectives on the five senses in the evening. And uh, this is how I ended up uh, reading about Barzillai. So, when David asked Bazillai to come with him to Jerusalem, this is his answer in verse 35. I am this day 80 years old. Can I discern what is pleasant and what is not? Can your servant taste what he eats or what he drinks? Can I listen to the voice of singing men and singing women? Senses often become dulled as the years go by. Uh, Previous enjoyments are not as rich and sharp as they used to be. Hearing is often difficult and that adds a real social set of social problems. Hearing aids are somehow, but they bring their own problems. Here he's saying, really, I'm not going to enjoy sufficiently um, the delicacies of the palace life, the singing, the rich fruit, 
food compared with others because my senses are not what they used to be. Um, Some are remarkably able still, even in their 80s. Well, actually, Barzillai is still up to quite a lot, as we see. But you can think of Moses, you can think of Caleb, doing great things in their 80s in the Bible. But many feel what Psalm 90 and verse 10 conveys. The years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength 80, yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. I've heard quite a few older people give the, the adage, old age doesn't come on its own. In other words, you get lots of problems with it as the years go up. Abide with me has this line, swift to its close ebbs out life's little day Earth's joys grow dim, its glories pass away. And experiencing that decline in our senses, our faculties, our abilities, well, it takes for the person a lot of patience, a lot of humility, a lot of contentment. And uh, the rest of us who haven't got there quite yet do well to be very compassionate and understanding. So I think we get that insight from Basili. Senses, not what they were. I think you also get this. Fear of being a burden. Fear of being a burden. So he adds to this explanation to the king about why he's not uh, accepting the king's invitation to go with him to the palace. He adds this at the end of verse 35. Why then should your servant be an added burden to my lord, the king? He thinks he's going to be uh, more of a hindrance than a help to David if he goes with David back to Jerusalem in the hubbub of the capital and of political life. Now, older people bring many blessings. They are to be honoured. The Bible says, rise in the presence of the elderly. Not necessarily literally, but in our hearts. We rise in respect to them. Our lives are rich because of the relationships we have with older people. The way we benefit from their wisdom. There's a lot in Proverbs about the wisdom of the years. Older people at Forest Fold have been an immense blessing to me. Still are an immense blessing to me. But when we become more dependent, we feel it. Hopefully the, the family, out of love and a desire to, to, to sort of repay care given to them over the years, do all that they can. But it is still hard to switch to be on the receiving end and being dependent and to fear being a burden. And that comes out in what Bazillai says here. And then a last insight. Um, I don't know whether you think I'm stretching things a bit here. I didn't think I was, but maybe you feel I was. A love of the familiar. Well, you might think that everybody would want to move to the palace and be with the king. And it may be that Bazillai's just been a little bit extra humble in what he says but he clearly prefers to stay local 
verse 37, Please let your servant return, that I may die in my own city, near the grave of my father and my mother. I'll carry on there. He wanted to end life near his hometown, um, amongst his own folk. Now, of course, that's not always possible, is it? When there's an increased need of uh, support and care, uh, people sometimes have to be moved from familiar surroundings. They need to leave perhaps their home or their hometown or their home church to gain the extra support which they have to have at that stage of life. But this is just a reminder that it's often a wrench that people love what's familiar which they've built up over the years. I think it's a great comfort and I often try and pass it on to older people who are wondering about a change in their circumstances or moving away from home. That For a Christian, the final home remains the same. You're still heading to your father's house. But it's hard en route when things become unfamiliar because we love our love of the familiar. So just, a, I think, a few insights that might just help us to understand uh, those amongst us who are uh, more um, senior in years. But there is from Barzillai some lessons too. We could call it qualities for the older years. Qualities for the older years. Um, it's, it's not the easiest season of life normally, um, Barzilla is still very active, he's travelling many miles, we'll see that in these passages, but it's not an easy season even, isn't for him, and yet he has these lovely qualities. That's why I've called it old and admirable. He, he is old in older in years, but he's admirable, he's exemplary. There's some lovely lessons, rich lessons for us to pick up. And maybe they might encourage some of us who are older, that might be a help to some of us who are treading towards those years and starting to think about what it will be like. Uh, it'll make us all very grateful for the way in which we see these qualities reflected in the lives of people around us. I, I've picked out three. The last one, I think, is particularly significant. So we will be notching things up a little as, as we get to the third. But here's the first. Big-hearted support. Big-hearted support. Barzillai may have been older, but he did what he could. And in Barzillai's case, that was a lot. He's very active still for an 80-year-old, and he's a wealthy man. We get that from the text, and he wants to put that to good use. He knows, firstly, that David is on the run from Absalom. And he and two others take some initiative and are very generous. They see some essential help that's needed for David and David's men. This is what we read about in chapter 17. Let me read it again. I won't read through the names at the start, but Barzillai comes in third. Let's start with him in verse 27. And Barzillai, the Gileadite from Rogelum, and what do they do? So he's heading out of Jerusalem, David and his men, and they listen to the list, how long it is. And they brought beds, basins, and earthen vessels, wheat, barley, 
flour, parched grain, beans and lentils, honey and curds and sheep and cheese from the herd for David and the people with him to eat. For they said, the people are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. This was a sign of his trust in David, his support for David. It was a fairly risky thing to do, siding, if you like, against an incoming king, which Absalom was at that stage. And his actions are certainly generous and must have taken a fair bit of organising. You think through that. It wasn't just sort of grabbing something from the fridge on the way out. There was some initiative and thought going into what he was doing. And isn't it good when people, though advanced in years, according to their ability, are big-hearted to support those in need and to support the work of the gospel? Um, Sometimes things can be very tight when people are older and financially it's a a difficult period. Uh, Others find that they're better off than they were in previous years when things were so difficult in the middle of family life. And it's lovely when those who are in a more comfortable position look to, to share and be a blessing and a help to others in their circumstances. Hear what it says in 1 Timothy 6. This falls nicely onto the situation. Verse 17. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. They see situations, they see the money, the circumstances they have from the Lord. They're thankful for it, they enjoy it, but they want to share it because their eye is on bigger things. I remember uh, Ron Bishop, often referred to Ron Bishop, many of you remember him and know him. I remember him saying um, at one stage that he was advised well earlier in life in the way in which um, he made some financial decisions and it meant that he was better off in later years and what a joy he found that to have more money to pass on to other people and to support other things big-hearted support. Another quality I think we see is this. Humble concern for others. Humble concern for others. Now imagine it's very easy to get inward-looking in older years. Um Become very aware of your own needs and own uncertainties. Very easy to become preoccupied with them. But I've seen so many people over the years that are so wonderfully taken up with concern for others. 
Sometimes I go and visit them and I ask how they are and almost immediately, perhaps too quickly actually, they're asking about others. <laughs> I've chopped to find out how they're getting on. They're so taken up with other people. Well, Barzillai, so concerned for others, he was concerned for David's needy men, we've seen that. He was very concerned for David, not wanting to hinder him in any way in uh, life in Jerusalem. But uh, it's also um, attractively shown, I think, in his concern for the young. So not only does he decide not to go to Jerusalem with David, but um, see what else he adds in verse 37. But here is your servant, Chimam. Let him go over with my lord, the king, and do for him whatever seems good to you. And the king answered, Chimam shall go over with me, and I will do for him whatever seems good to you, and all of that you desire of me I will do for you. David agrees. I guess... Um, Barzillai is going to miss Chimam. It's possible it was actually his son. He calls him his servant. I don't know whether that... But um, evidently his sons were in the royal area later on from what we find out. So perhaps it was his son. Um, So he was going to miss him. Going to miss him being close by. Um, But he could see it was going to be good for Chimam. And he could see it would be a good match for David in his need. So he suggests that he has an eye, a concern for the up-and-coming generation. And and isn't that admirable? Isn't it tempting sometimes when we can't do anything anymore to just sort of switch off, to zone out, to become uninterested? Um, But what a blessing it is instead to have a heart for the up-and-coming generation. Psalm 71 great psalm for older years expresses it in this way in verse 18 so even to old age and grey hairs O God do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation your power to all those who are to come I know one of you has a phone call uh, most weeks with a, a young man who's gone off the rails somewhat and who benefits from the fatherly encouragement of an older person and having the Bible read to them. I know that Mark was very encouraged by the comments of support and prayer which were so kind and genuine after his appointment. I suspect on Tuesday and Thursday this week that uh, quite a good number will want to be meeting together to pray, not for themselves, but for the young people who are away on holiday. A humble concern for others in the older years is a real quality, God-given blessing. But I want to come on to this last point. As I say, I think this is significant. Loyalty to the king. I think this is, I think this is the, the biggest lesson, given what's happening in these chapters. His loyalty 
to the king. In fact, David uses that word loyalty. We read it when he talks to Solomon in 1 Kings 2 um, and verse 7. And he, he remembers, he's very near the end. In fact, it was the death of David. It's just a few verses on here. But his mind is going back to this man, Barzillai, and what he's done. And he says there in verse 7, but deal loyally with the sons of Basili, the Galedite, and let them be among those who eat at your table, for with such loyalty, steadfast love, they met me when I fled from Absalom, your brother. Um, Basili stuck his neck out, really, for David. Um, a lot had gone after Absalom, but uh, Basili knows that David is God's anointed one, uh, the man after God's own heart, and he's willing to be um, upfront and, and positive and supportive of, um, of, of David. Uh, we can think about this for us. I'm not trying to give a message this morning on loyalty to the royal family or loyalty to government. Those things have their place. But I think this takes us to think of loyalty to God's anointed king. Anointed king, Christ. It gets us to think about our attitude to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the great king who would come. David, in his life, in so many ways, points forward to Jesus, Jesus who's called the son of David. Uh, so much of what he goes through and, and does points forward to Jesus. So Barzillai's loyalty here to David challenges us to be loyal to Jesus, the king, God's anointed king. So you see people in these chapters are siding. This is significant here. They're siding. People are siding different ways. Some are siding um, with David and some are deciding against him, with Absalom. So you get people like Mephibosheth and Hushai and uh, Barzillai and they're, they're with David and you get people like Ahithophel and Shimei and Amasa and lots of others who are siding with Absalom, the the treacherous one. But Barzillai doesn't go with the flow. He sides with God's king. I can ask you, have you sided with God's king, Jesus? Maybe there's many others that, that don't. Have you? In, in your older years... Are you clearly sided with Jesus, God's King? Now the song, we'll sing it soon. Who is on the Lord's side? Who will serve the King? And it took some loyalty. Um, One of the ways in which David points forward to Jesus is that at this stage he is the rejected king. Um, It's shown in many details. He's seen weeping on the Mount of Olives. 
He's seen crossing the brook Kidron. These are things which Jesus did when he's seen going out of Jerusalem. These are things that happened to Jesus. Mount of Olives, crossing the brook Kidron, being rejected, going outside of the city. Yet uh, Barzillai still stays loyal to David, God's anointed king. And Jesus is often a rejected and despised king, not taken on by others. Others are going elsewhere, others are ridiculing. Yet, do we have trust in Jesus as God's king? Are we clearly following him? Are we keeping supporting him and his gospel? Is there a loyalty to the king in our hearts? Will we be loyal to the king even in the difficult years? Even in the older years? Um, Polycarp, you may have heard of him, he was one of the very early Christians. Um, He actually knew the Apostle John um, and uh, in the 100s AD, um, times got very difficult for him. And as a Christian, he was Bishop of Smyrna, I think I've got that right. Um, He was asked to confess that Caesar was Lord and he was asked to recant on his faith. He was apparently threatened with the wild beasts being set on him. This seemed to be in some sort of arena, some sort of stadium. Um, And eventually they burnt him at the stake there And when he was asked to recant and to stop following Christ, this is what he said, 80 and 6 years I have served him and he has done me no wrong. How then can I blaspheme my king and my saviour? Loyalty to the king. And such faith and loyalty is well rewarded by God's anointed king. A bit more here. The king, the rejected king, David, returns to take his rightful place. Jesus, so often a rejected and despised king, will return to take his rightful place as the acknowledged king. The returning king, David, honours and shows love to Barzillai. He blesses him because of his faith, because of his loyalty, because of his obedience. And the Lord Jesus will honour and bless and commend those who have been loyal and faithful to him, often in difficult circumstances. They will hear, as it says in Matthew 25, well done, good and faithful servant. So we've had some insights into the the older years, which I think hopefully has helped us, but then we've seen some pretty significant qualities for the older years big-hearted support, humble concern for others, and then especially loyalty to the king. So this little unknown fellow, tucked away in the Old Testament, 
by God's grace in God's word speaks quite a few, uh, speaks quite loudly on some volume to us, doesn't he? Well, we're going to sing then our last song, which uh, challenges us to think whether we are siding with Christ or not. It is the hymn, Who is on the Lord's side? Who will serve the King?
thank you for the insights from your word that we have had this morning. We thank you for these lessons that we've had towards being big-hearted and thoughtful of upper-coming generations. And we especially pray as well that you might encourage us and challenge us in our loyalty to the Saviour. We praise you for the blessing of being together this morning to sing your praises, to hear from your word, to pray together, to have the children uh, have a lesson and for us all to hear from your word. We thank you for this privilege. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.